Yo, yo, what's good? It's your boy, Big Me. I hope all is well. Oh, what a wonderful week we're having so far, right? Right. This is your boy, Big Neil. In 31 days with 31 days of blessed living and 31 Proverbs. We're going right through the book of Proverbs for the next 31 days. What we're doing with this, what I am doing with this is helping someone, anyone who is who is or who is struggling, start a Bible study for their personal walk with Christ. Not everyone has a Bible study. Not everyone has a prayer life. And sometimes a lot of folks don't know how to start because it can seem as if the Bible is just overwhelming. And I get that because, as I have been saying, we we live in an information age of life, uh, information stage of life right now, not an age of wisdom. It's a lot of information out there. A lot of it is false. A lot of it has no fruit and no bearings or connections to anything. It's just information out there. But the way the human mind is set up, when and if we hear or see certain things, our mind attaches to it and creates different thought patterns and interests that have nothing to do with purpose and being a believer. So for the last nine days, ten days now, I've been going through the book of Proverbs, breaking down the book of Proverbs, giving perspective um, and some thought about what is in this Bible, what is in this book. This book is different. The book of Proverbs is very different. This is not a book of psalms, um, prophecies, and prayers. Not so much. This is a book of principles. And this book breaks down the principles that, that will bring forth fruit and folly that will bring forth fruit of destruction and confusion and things you don't want in death initially. But King Solomon breaks it down. In the first 10 chapters, which he have written thus, thus far, because he wasn't the only author of, of the book of Proverbs, first nine chapters are sort of like an introduction as he is a lecturer. He is getting the attention of anyone who wants to listen, how they end. He calls him son, my son, listen. And it could have been his son directly. It could have been one of his children because he had a thousand women in his pocket. Uh, 700 wives, 300 concubines. What I love about Solomon is that he is given perspective and wisdom from his own mistakes, his own failures, and his successes. He he is in a position where he has lived through his failures and had the audacity and the wisdom and the mind frame to go back and learn from his failures. Though he cannot change what he did, he is able to speak on them and to teach someone exactly what not to do. Don't follow the harlot. Find wisdom. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Wisdom is a principal thing. Value wisdom. There are going to be people who lead you down different roads and they don't know why they do what they do, but we all got to have wisdom. He says these things over and over and over again in the first chapters of, of Proverbs. Now we're at a point in Proverbs chapter 10. Okay? Proverbs chapter 10 is the second phase of Solomon's teachings. These are very, very, very different. He's not lecturing as much at all. What he's doing at this point in time, he's giving two-word, two-line proverbs. There is no distinct order in them per se, but he is giving out wisdom. He is not explaining as much because everything that he said in the first nine chapters can't is going to be reiterated in these next, uh, I think it was chapters 10 through 16 or 10 through 22. I got to check it out again, but chapter 10 for right now, second phase, he's getting straight, straight to the point. Okay. And there's, how do you get perspective from this, from this type of uh, speaking? Well, 
you get perspective from this kind of uh, teaching or, or um, by just breaking it down differently and having help. That's what we're doing now. So let's go right into Proverbs 10. It's pretty much talking about righteousness, wisdom, contrasted with wickedness and folly. He does that a lot, King Solomon. In the last chapter, chapter 9, he took what, what wisdom does and what folly does. And they both come to a point we can make a decision because they will both invite you in, but they both have different consequences, as we know. So we go through this, and if you haven't listened to it before, this is your first one to listen to it. We don't, I don't sit here and read every single verse. The proverb, it's not the point of this. The point is to give you information, insight, and perspective, and for you to go back and read the book of Proverbs. But I will say some verses here. But uh, the first thing, the summary of Proverbs 10, I'm going to read from my notes. It's a collection of 32 brief sayings. And the, most of these sayings are contrast with the righteous and the wicked, or the diligent with the lazy. Solomon loved to contrast things. So, um, for example, uh, he talks about one proverb speaks about laziness. One who gathers the crop in the summer is a wise is a wise son, and the one who sleeps during the harvest is a disappointing son. We know that I believe it was in chapter two. He talked about being lazy and don't be lazy, and how the ant is not lazy and all that good stuff, right? So that's the kind of vibe we're getting here with Solomon. So what are some of the important verses that we can get out of this? Some of the important verses we can get out of this is verse number five, verse number four. Negligent hands cause poverty, but diligent hands enrich. Verse 12, hatred stirs up strife, but love covers up all faults. Verse 20, the tongue of a righteous man is, is choice silver, but the mind of the wicked is of little worth. Uh, in verse 25, when the storm passes, the wicked man is gone, but the righteous is an everlasting foundation. I'm giving this these important verses or different verses because it shows that he's contrasting one against the other. Okay. Um, so what is the outline? How it's just broken down because he's just saying stuff. He talks about a couple of different things. He talks about uh, wealth, diligence, as we have seen, righteous, and... Uh, Hatred versus love. Those proverbs I said in be- are are in between each one, okay. or the point of each proverb that he's that he's speaking. Each one is different. They don't have a specific order. So, like I said, I'm gonna do verse three and verse four. They may contrast each other, or and or may not support one another. One another, even though they, they come after another verse. So verse three says, "The Lord will, the Lord will not let the righteous go hungry, but He denies the wicked." but he denies the wicked what they crave. Negligent hands cause poverty, but diligent, ha- diligent hands enrich. Those don't go together per se. How, does they relate, how do they relate to one another? They don't. You can make something up and be creative and find a connection, but truth of the matter is, in a common conversation, they don't go together at all. So how do you uh, apply it? Get it in your spirit, as in read it, know it, and one day, at the right time and place, it will make sense to you, okay? Because chapter, because verse 3 talks about wealth and physical needs, right? Being hungry. And then verse 4 is talking about diligence. So in time, in time it makes sense going together. Okay? What are my notes saying? What are my notes saying? Um... So a lot of chapter 11 the same way and chapter 12 and 13 and on. But one thing that is very different about chapter 10 
I'm gonna teach you something I learned in Bible college. Uh, antithetical parallelism. What is that? Neil, you big Neil, you're saying some big words I've probably never heard before. Antithetical parallelism uh, is, is the two halves oppose each other. A great example is the opening verse to our chapter. A wise son brings joy to his father. A dull son is his mother's sorrow. The two sons are contrasted. One gladdens his parents and the other brings them sorrow. This is, a lot, this is all of chapter 10. Antithetical parallelism. The anti, they go against each other, okay? So when you read these, don't try to, don't force a revelation. <laughs> We're reading Proverbs 10. Take the wisdom one at a time. Some may apply to your life now and some don't. But one thing you can do, and I can attest to this, you can read some of these Proverbs and realize how you could have applied such wisdom as you read in the book in past times. So you say, you know what, if I had known this three, four years ago, I had this in my mind, I might not made that decision. So you don't beat yourself up. What you do is you hold that information, take that revelation, and when the time comes, the Holy Spirit will put you in front of somebody to give them the said advice that you needed to hear so that they won't make that same mistake. Very much so what Solomon has done. Took the wisdom that he has learned from his own past mistakes and spread it out to someone else to help them. Again, the book of Proverbs isn't about prophecy, prayers, and psalms. It's about principles and building upon those principles by making the right decisions. Okay? That's all I got. For, uh, that's all I have today for chapter 10. I hope it wasn't too much. But by all means, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, hit me up as we go through this journey. It's a, it's a marathon. It's not a, it's not a race. It's not a race that we, not a sprint. All right? Again, one thing you learned today, antithetical parallelism. The two halves oppose each other. It's a great lesson to learn because um, we're in the second phase of how Solomon is talking. He is straightforward, straight to the point, no fluff, just how I love it, it's how I like it. I pray you are well. I pray you continue to do well. You're in my prayers. I love you. Can't wait to talk to you next time. Take it easy. See you tomorrow. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace.